Hello, friends. How are you going? I'm not going to start it again because I'm not that professional. How are you doing? Uh, I hope you enjoyed the Grand Prix. I did. I'm not going to lie. This is all very, very slapdash. Um, I watched the Grand Prix. Um, I was supposed to take my son swimming, which I did. And um, because the because of the red flags and the, all the stops and stuffs and the, the restarts and things, it went on longer than I thought it was going to do. So... It's quite late when I'm doing this, so I've just come back in. I still smell of chlorine a little bit. I've got like the one of those little pool code colds, you know, like when you've been swimming and you have like a temporary cold for about half an hour. I've got one of those. Anyway, uh, let's do the usual gubbins of going through the grid, and we're going to start with a load of DNFs first. Pierre Gasly, Max Verstappen. Carlos Sainz and Antonio Antonio Giovinazzi and Kevin Magnussen, I believe it was. Uh, oh no, it wasn't. It was Giovinazzi, wasn't it? Or was it even Giovinazzi? Maybe it's just Carlos Verstappen and Gasly on the first lap. The uh, a slow Max Verstappen trying to mind his own business because there was something going on with his car, and people were having crashes all around him, and he got caught up in it and it wasn't particularly Pierre Gasly's fault I don't believe um, it was just a series of unfortunate events uh, Carlos Sainz kind of spun on his own um, and that led to Sebastian Vettel crashing into him which kind of kind of messed Sebastian's race up but I think in the end um, I think the back end of the points is where Ferrari sort of needed to be so in that respect it was a reasonable uh, recovery drive um, the, the, again, there's not much really to say. Is that then we had a few laps uh, of what we thought was the race was going to be. Um, with Max out, the two Mercedes started to just like build the gap, and it it kind of looked business as usual. Then, um, lo and behold, was it? I don't even know why we had the second restart. Why do we have the second restart? Stroll. Was it was it Stroll's DNF? I think it was Stroll's DNF, wasn't it? The uh, so 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 Stroll had what we th- think was oh no, it was off the start, wasn't it? We had the restart. Sorry, now I'm getting back on board here. Um, we had a restart. There was a crash on the restart. It reminded me very much. Sorry, this, this is. See, I'm surprised that lots of people are saying that this wasn't a good race. I'm seeing a few people saying they could complain they thought it was a boring race. I simply don't understand those people, and I kind of think maybe you don't like Formula One. Um, And I believe Kevin Magnussen slowed. Antonio Giovinazzi uh, had to pad to slam on. Carlos Sainz went into the back of Giovinazzi. Um, It was just out and out chaos. Um, no, it couldn't have been. St- yeah, oh, God, trying to work this out is absolutely fucking incredible. Like, I, I, I should have done this immediately after the race. Um, I've lost where I am. Yeah, big crash. McLaren out. Science out. Science that that looked really bad actually for science because he. Uh, 
he went straight into that car. He could he couldn't really do anything about it. He he was holding the steering wheel. And um, if any of you guys have been in some some sort of like vehicle which has had an accident, like you you feel that impact come through the steering column. Like he and I, I you know, it's I'm I'm happy he didn't break anything. You know, the uh, it, he could have very well broke something. Um, you know, it's the the forces you must get through those wheels. Anyone that's got a, like a fairly decent sim racing wheel, you know, if you crank those things up, the sort of forces that come through them. Now, just imagine that if you if you were dealing with with like an impact like Carlos had. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, I it was just. I think it was a racing incident. I think there was a lot of... Uh, Roman Grosjean in particular said he's never seen anything so dangerous. I would say he's never seen anything so dangerous because the last time there was something as dangerous as that, he was in the Lotus that nearly killed Fernando Alonso. So, um, yeah, I don't... I'm not sure Grosjean's the best man to be shouting about things like that. The fact he's head of the GP, uh, the Dr- Drivers Association suggests to me that nobody else really wants to do the job. Um so we we got the race back underway. Um, I believe at that point uh, Hamilton takes the lead, if I'm right. And it, again, it looks like business as usual until Stroll uh, he uh, Stroll goes out and uh, launches his car into the fucking wall because of a brake failure. This is so hard to keep my head to get my head on thinking of what's going on. If you if, like, if you are correcting me here with things i'm i'm very happy for you and i'm sorry if i'm getting things wrong uh but it's just one of those things it was it's it's either this or you don't get one as soon as we get to the guys which are actually in the race we can talk better um yeah so stroll had what we think was either a tire failure or a suspension failure sorry if i said brake failure uh, to me it looked like a tire failure because the if you noticed on the left hand side um, there was a black chunk flew flew up, and I think that was a big chunk of his wheel. I think it was like it was a a full on tire explosion on him, and uh, that was a scary one for me because he was fast, he was going quick there, and you could see completely destroyed the car. He was shaken. Um, it's a shame as well because he was doing well. You know, it's I know there's been a lot of stuff thrown around about Stroll at the moment because of. Um, Perez losing his seat for next year. There's a lot of people think that Perez should be in that car instead of uh, Stroll. If Sebastian Vettel, there's a lot of people think Sebastian Vettel shouldn't be even given the opportunity to go into that car. Uh, I can understand all these things. I genuinely understand them all. Um, I happen to think that Sebastian Vettel, it, he deserves another go in a different team. Like, I think he's he's proven in the past that there is more to him than he's able to show at the moment uh i've said i think ferrari fucking him on the way out the door and yeah not good not 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 good at all but i I think stroll's done everything he needed to do to prove he deserves to be in formula one this year i think he's done a great job um and the the sort of finger wagging at the rich kid with the whose father bought the formula one team is is kind of a bit null and void i think stroll's been more impressive than uh, Perez over the races we've had it's just my opinion you're probably going to disagree with it but that's life um, then we get to the first of our finishers so Roman Grosjean was last for Haas uh, 
he just didn't seem to have a pace. You know, it's the he had he had he, he he had adventures and stuff like that. But you know, at the end of the day, he was he was easily overtaken by Williams. Um, quite where Hassar, I've no idea. Quite where Roman Grosjean is, I I don't understand. Um, you know, it's we we praise Hass at first when they came in. Now it's just it's just a mess, isn't it? And like the. All the Ferrari teams seem to be struggling, but has seemed to be struggling a little bit worse than both Ferrari and Alfa Romeo. Uh, unlucky for George Russell, he was running in the points for most of the race, and he had that nailed down. He had it. He had the pace to do it. He he was doing well. You know, it's, he he was dropping Sebastian Vettel. Uh, the 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 final restart just did not go well for him. He lost all his places. Managed to get back ahead of Roman Grosjean. So. You know, it's nice he didn't finish last, but man, um, a real shame. You know, it's he had those points in the bag. He had the points in the bag, and they were they were taken off him. And you could see in the interview with him in the in the uh, pen, he wasn't wasn't happy about it. Um, fairly standard, disappointing race from Sebastian Vettel. As I say, uh, his car. Um, appears to be a bit more difficult to drive than uh, Charles Leclerc's. I'm not saying that Ferrari are purposefully giving him a difficult car to drive. I am saying maybe he's not getting the attention that one of the sides of the garage is getting. Uh, I think he's checked out of the team. Um, I if it was if it was a possibility, I almost think it would be a good it would be a good time for him to just walk away from Ferrari right now. Take the rest of the year to reset, um, and look at coming back with Austin Martin next year, like fighting fit and strong. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not good. Well, did anyone notice the uh, the Ferrari isn't Ferrari a great thing to have um, bit that was on Sky, um, and the Sebastian Vettel bits were filmed about two years ago, I think. I, I remember the interviews; they were outside. So clearly, Sky have asked. Uh, Sebastian, I would imagine, uh, we're putting a Ferrari thing together. Would you say, sit there and tell us how great they are? And he's gone, well, I could do that, or you could go fuck yourself. And uh, I think he's chose the second option there. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen, ninth, uh, again, a fairly innocuous race from Kimi, but he, you know, it's so much stuff going on. One thing I would say is, I think Kimi and Sebastian could see something going on in that restart. Because if you'll notice, it all bunched up in the midfield and Kimi and uh, Sebastian were just sort of backed off together going, we'll just wait and see how this plays out. There's two old heads in Formula 1 there that were at the back of the field and I think, you know, it's, it, it, if they'd have been a bit quicker, they'd have easily been wrapped up in that accident. So, uh, I, you know, it's, it, I, I'm sorry George Russell didn't get a point, but realistically, Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Räikkönen got their points because they were... They were they were sensible. Uh, Charles Leclerc was eighth. Um, it's he was I was out of position in qualifying for where his car should be. Good qualifying, obviously, for for him to do that. Um, and then he just had a world of pain, didn't he, in the race? Uh, he had he just as we've seen from Ferrari so often, just no no real pace. When they asked him about what, see that this is what got me as well. 
when Ferrari radioed in and they said whatever scenario it was going to be for Charles Leclerc, what do you think? And he said, just anything. I've got no pace. I just put me on something. I've, I've got no. We've got no pace. The tires are done. Now, is it? You know, I know. There's always you always get people caught right radio and say, "How are your tires? What do you think? Can we extend?" And it's that feedback between driver and team to get um, like to get the maximum out of the package that you have. But did it not seem when Ferrari were radio and Charles Leclerc saying, "What do you think about doing this scenario?" It sounded lost. It didn't. They they weren't looking for confirmation. They weren't looking for like input. They were just just give us an answer. You tell us because we don't know what would what we should do. Um, and again, I think it's hilarious. Um, Danny Kvyat seventh again, fairly a safe race from Daniel Kvyat. You know, he he just he got on with the job. He stayed out of trouble and he got a bag of points for it. Uh, much the same as Lando Norris, uh, he he looked to be ahead of Sergio Perez at one point. You know, it's the, or he, he did overtake him, but it's I, I don't. The starts didn't seem kind to, or the second start didn't seem kind to Lando. <coughs> Sorry, that's that temporary um, temporary swimming cold. Um, so yeah, Lando finished sixth. It again a so so race for him i suppose this is maybe this is where people are saying it was a boring race there were there was a lot of sort of okay drives and kind of like war of attrition type drives where it's the guys that just kept themselves clean and kept their heads down came out with some points yeah uh sergio perez was fifth decent race from sergio perez but it's i i feel that racing point maybe should have been a bit higher up than both he and stroll did but that, there we are heartbreak for daniel ricardo in fourth um i had a sneaky bet on daniel ricardo uh, and i would have won 55 english pounds if uh he'd have gotten the podium so i was fairly gutted about that and i wanted silver beat would have to go for a tattoo but it's not happened and you've got to think that that was such a crazy race um that might have been the only real shot for Renault this year to get a podium. But encouraging signs, though, from Renault. Like, I've been saying this all year. To me, they like they they see they seem more together and more pushing forward than McLaren are right now. I'm not saying that's the way it's going to go for next year because again, McLaren are going to have a different engine, so that's all going to be very interesting. But um, yeah, Renault. Renault looked good, and like it's. There was an interview with the uh, Renault's head. Uh, I, I forget his name. That he it, it was the guy that we thought maybe he would end up pulling the plug on Renault. Um, but he said in the interview that he went around the Enstone factory and spoke to everyone, and he said just the enthusiasm of Enstone meant he he simply couldn't he couldn't do it. He couldn't pull it. Um, you know it's. It's it's good. I'm looking for. I think the Alpine rebrand is a good thing as well. Uh, it's going to feel fresh next year. And if they can put a good to good car together, have a, like a multiple world champion and highly regarded driver like uh, Fernando Alonso in the team, um, I think it's good things. But they need to hit the ground running. I think. Um, I don't think they're going to be in it for a championship next year. Don't get me wrong, but I do think. 
that both McLaren and Renault will, or Alpine will be able to mix it with the Red Bulls more next year. You know, it's um, and with the big rule shake up in twenty twenty two, it's uh, it's anyone's game. It's anyone's game to become a like to be the team which gets the jump. And I've just got this sneaky suspicion that when this all shakes down, we've seen it. I can't think of a year where we've had a big rule change and the dominant team like keeps its dominance. Um, I can't help thinking that Red Bull's time, there's something in that team made down there. Don't get me wrong, they're still doing a good job. They're still, they're still making a good car. I probably got the second best car on the grid. But there's something about that team that makes me wonder whether the Adrian Newey magic dust is just starting to fade a little bit and whether there'll have to be some sort of restructuring Red Bull for them to challenge because it's been a long time since they put a car together to actually challenge for a world championship. A lot, of, a really long time. Um, there's pressure in that as well. There's pressure to do it now because at first it was that when they had Sebastian Vettel and they were winning everything, Red Bull looked like the team that made the champions. Now with Max Verstappen in the car, they have the champion in waiting and they have to make the car to make the champion. Um, so it's something. There's something about it, and I can't help thinking that when these rule changes, I've just got this gut itch that the teams that are going to come out of it the best are Austin Martin, McLaren and Renault I, I, I really believe that I really believe that they are they're poised, they're perfectly poised for it, they have the facilities to do what they're doing maybe maybe more so McLaren and Renault because we know Austin Martin are going to be or, or Racing Point at the moment are still building their facilities which will be ready for halfway through 2022 um, so maybe that's more of a future thing for those. But um, given the fact that both Renault and McLaren already operate under a lower budget, McLaren have got got ready for this budget cap by before they even had to lay lay staff off. They've done it. They've done it already. You know they've they've tightened the team down. They have. I think a driver in Daniel Ricciardo. That could win a world championship immediately if given the if given the tools to do it. Um, I'm not willing to say I think Lando Norris is a future world champion. Um, I want him to be. I he is my whole support and he is my new guy. Um, and I, I I really want him. I want him to be a world champion. But I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not just going to jump on the hype train just because just because I like him. Um, but he's he looks every bit like the the career Formula One driver, if you like. Not a, uh, and I'm sure he'll if 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 he's got the car to do it, he will be a race winner. You know, it's he's already got a podium more than Nico Hulkenberg, Bird, Nico Hulkenberg, Nico Hulkenberg. Um, yeah, and I, I like I said, I want him to do well, but I don't know. Um, Renault Ocon is, I think maybe underwhelming this year would, would it would probably be a good word for him um fernando alonso like people question it but everyone knows my love for fernando uh and i believe that if they if they could build him a car 
to win a world championship, he could try and win a world championship in it immediately. Like there's no, I I think there will be very very little ring rust on Fernando when he comes back. He's been driving like top class motorsport, you know, it's, uh, uh, since he left Formula One, and he's been winning in things. And you know, it's I know um, the last Le Mans, did, not Le Mans, uh, Indy didn't go his way, but you know, there was Tech Gremlins, there was Car Gremlins. It's it was just one of those things. Um, I think he's going to come become into Formula One a rejuvenated Fernando Alonso. You know, it's. I think the other thing that people have got to remember because people people keep talking about his age. First of all, Formula One drivers used to have quite a long shelf life. The push for um, super young drivers is a very modern thing, and I also think not just a very modern thing, a thing which is mo- mostly um, uh marketing because i think it's it, it's easier to market younger drivers um if the cars are going back to a thing where they're difficult to drive uh um even more strenuous i think you'll find the super young drivers will find it harder um because it, it just simply like we we are at the point now with some form of one drivers you only have to look at like don't get me wrong i mean george russell looks like he's chiseled out of marble you know it's there's which you've obviously seen because he doesn't seem to be able to take a picture of himself with a shirt on. Um, but you still, he's got that young body where he's the, the, he's developing muscle, but not in the same way as like a an older man does. You know, it's if we look at sort of the twenty late twenties into thirties sort of age. Um, on the age thing for Fernando Alonso. Now, I'd be very interested to know what the drug testing is for Formula One and what is allowed and what isn't allowed. And it's something I'll try and look into before the next podcast because I think it might be quite apt. Um, You only have to look at how Mike Tyson looks at the moment getting ready for his comeback for what science can be done. You know, it's weave, uh, testosterone replacement therapy. um, There's um, all sorts, even just like what we know about nutrition now. Um, there is amazing things we can do. If you have the money to do them, there is amazing things that medicine can do to not not reverse the aging process, but certainly revitalize people, you know, and people in there. It's another good example is look at the condition Joe Rogan's in. Yeah, it's Christ. He's on everything. And look at the condition he's in. You know, look how flexible he is when he's do when you see him do like jujitsu stuff and uh, when he's training in his gym. Uh, science can help life find a way, just like Jurassic Park. So, I, I'm interested to know what Fernando is allowed to do in Formula One when it comes to like testosterone replacement and stuff like that, because that testosterone TRT seems to be a big deal for athletes, like a big deal and a and a a almost Lazarus effect type of um, anti-aging quality to it. So anyway, uh, that was Daniel Ricciardo's race. Um, Alexander Alban, first podium for Alexander Alban. Uh, I, I'm happy he's done that. His, um, I'm not sure if, I mean, he, he did kind of did what he needed to do in the way that, Verstappen wasn't there, so he he got the podium, and um, 
that's great. I'm glad he I'm I'm glad he was there. I feel that maybe um the difference was that if Verstappen had been up there, he'd have been able to try and challenge the Mercedes. So we kind of still need uh, we st- kind of still need Verstappen up there to get a true read on where he was. But what are you going to do? He got himself a podium, and I'm very happy for him. Hopefully, this is the turnaround. And as he said when he radioed Red Bull, "Thank you for sticking with me." And he sounded like he really it was a real heartfelt moment. Uh, it was a good answer to um, Pierre Gasly last week. I know Pierre won a race, but you know it's it's you get what you're given, don't you? You get what you get what you can take. And uh, Alex had to race to get his third. You know he was he wasn't in a he wasn't in third off after the second restart. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo seemed to have it in the bag, which I think he would have done without that restart. So. Just good time. It was a good time for uh, Alexander Alban, and I hope he takes this and moves forward with it. Uh, Valtteri Bottas was second, never really had the pace of Lewis Hamilton. Uh, he seemed awfully upset after the race. Um, now, he was stuck on the same strategy as Hamilton, tyre-wise, and he said he wanted the opposite of what Lewis was on. Now, I've seen a few people pick this up, but... When you pit first, it's going to be very difficult for you to get put on the opposite of what Lewis is on. So it's just that's just it. He was trying to paint the team into, I, I don't know, not favouring him, but just giving him a different option where it's not really the philosophy of Mercedes to do that. They kind of like try and keep things on an equal footing. But he, you know, he, he looked into a free pit stop and then the safety car picked him up first, which gave Hamilton a free pit stop. And... Oh, let's be honest here if he'd have gotten the lead do you really think he'd have won do you really think if he'd have gotten to lead he would have won the race he just he didn't seem to have the pace you know um it, I, I don't know what to say i don't he's he's done his job he's done his job for mercedes they'll be more than happy with him being five seconds adrift of hit hamilton uh with a Excuse me. With an uh, with a second position, but you know, it's, I think for for him to carry on, <coughs> for him to carry on in Formula One in, with Mercedes, I think he does have to understand his role. Uh, I know there's going to be people that are upset about that, but he just he just does not have. The, he's he's not capable of beating Lewis Hamilton. I don't think. Uh, the only way Rosberg did it was because he destabilized Hamilton. He destabilized the entire team, and he managed to sneak a world championship out of it. Uh, I think Valtteri doesn't seem to be the sort of guy that can do that. I don't. I don't want to say he's too nice because I don't know him. I don't know how nice he is, and I don't want to say he's not as intelligent as Nico Rosberg. Um, because that would make me sound like I think Valtteri's not intelligent, and that's not what I mean at all. But I think um, of out of Formula One drivers in general, I think Nico is like very intelligent, like a very intelligent person. If you if you just take Formula One drivers out of it, just in general, when you when you listen to um, Nico talk, he's 
a very calculated, very smart person. And I, I don't think everybody could do what he did to Mercedes in that point in time. I think I think you have to be very calculated and very very switched on to do it. And I just don't I don't see Valtteri being able to do that. So there's two options. He either has to destabilize Hamilton to the point where he, he gains an advantage over him, or he needs to be faster than him to destabilize him. I don't see either of those happening. I don't see anybody going into Mercedes being faster than Hamilton unless George Russell gets in there because I genuinely believe George Russell is special. Is in, I, I think if if he was in a decent car, if he got the, a car capable of winning, I think there's, I don't think there's anybody on anybody on the grid that wouldn't be in a little bit of bother. I think uh, I, I think even Verstappen would struggle with to get on top of um, George once he got running because I think he's a phenomenal talent. He's he just seems so switched on. Um, I've had discussions with people like that are inside the Formula One world. I can't remember whether whether um, whether it was sort of broadcast or not, so I won't I won't say who we were talking to. But um, they were saying that we, when they're in the paddock speaking to the people that are in the know about drivers, that George Russell's name is often like mentioned, and he's also mentioned in the same sort of breath as it's he's very very much like a young Schumacher was and how switched on he is with things um, and yeah it's I think he's going to be it, it, unless Lewis leaves and he takes Lewis's seat I think he might be the guy that gets Bottas's seat for 2022 and Lewis will have his hands full a bit I mean, I still think Lewis will probably win. You know, it, 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 in the at that at the beginning until uh, George gets his sort of feet under the table. But the if there's a torch to pass, wouldn't mind betting that it's George's hands that get on it first. Um, and we spoke. We, we, I suppose to, in saying that we spoke about Lewis. Uh, I think he won. He, he won that race today. Like he 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 probably he probably did it, didn't he? He uh, he ended with the fastest lap, I believe. Yeah, yeah, fastest lap for him as well. Um, you know, you, you can't knock him. You can't knock him for what he's doing. You know, it's he lost the start. Then there was a restart. He got he got the start back. He he got he got the lead back. R- great move around the outside as well. You know, it's very brave. Um, uh, it's it. Until until there's a real shake up or they get someone else in that Mercedes, we need to get used to this because ain't nobody else winning that championship next year either, guys. Sorry, I'm sorry, but it's just not going to happen. Uh, but that was our Tuscan Grand Prix. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Mangella. Uh, I I hope we go back there. I think um, I think it was good with these cars. I think once you get 2022 cars which will hopefully be able to follow each other and race each other better i think it will be absolutely mega uh i like the shorter high speed circuits like here and um austria uh, cambered corners it's good i like it i like it a lot and uh, i like the fact that drivers were punished for mistakes you know it's that we had crashes and we had dnfs and that's because the pressure was on these people and it was hard work as well it was what formula one should be in my eyes um 
other than that, I didn't ask you guys for questions today because I've been so pushed for time. Uh, I want to try and get some sort of musty audio for you guys. There was uh, like a, a corrupt file went on. I believe I've got 15 minutes of the of the musty audio show I did with Rianne. I'm hoping that I got the whole 15 minutes of where she was talking about the uh, stage show she just did. Um, and yeah, she, she seemed to really enjoy that. And hopefully um, I can get that bit out two years. And I'll, maybe I'll stick a little bit on the end of it telling you about my stand-up uh, if you're interested in that. Uh, other than that, thank you very much for helping me like, on Patreon and stuff like that. Uh, thanks for sticking with me. I've had a couple of couple of bad weeks for podcasts. Like the podcasts have been uh, have been a bit few and far between. Uh, there's been like like I say, tech gremlins. There was scheduling issues. Uh, I'm I'm sorry about it. It's just it's just the way it's been. Um, and I hope I hope we get this a bit more settled. I need to I need to sort somebody out for Musty Audio for next week. I've got somebody in mind. And if, if they'll come and do it, I think we'll have a great little show. Uh, other than that, I will see you next week where we'll just talk about news. We'll just talk about news. We'll have a chat. I'll put a little tweet out later uh, later in the week asking you guys for any anything you want me to talk about on Hot Lap. If there is anything you want me to talk about on Hot Lap, fire it over in a little PM. Fire over PM. Give me a tweet. PM is probably better because... I'll see it and I'll be there longer. Uh, other than that, keep cool, guys, and I will see you all later. Ciao. Fantastic guys, not bad for another two dry lock, We are world champions! World champions!